Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I love my cat, Tiger. And as my best friend, we speak our own language. What's that? You love your litter. He does, because I use Fresh Step Outstretch Litter. It absorbs 50% more waste and odor and requires less changing compared to Fresh Step Multicat. Less changing means more time playing. <laughs> right, Tiger? That's a yes. Find Fresh Step Outstretch Cat Litter in the pet aisle. Fresh Step is a registered trademark of the Clorox Pet Products Company. Certain trademarks used under license from the Procter & Gamble Company or its affiliates. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Roto World Football Show. It is Tuesday, November 28th. I am Patrick Darty. That is Denny Carter, if you're watching, but most of you are probably listening, so you don't know when, who in the world I'm talking about when I say that. But uh, it's Denny Carter. Craig. Yeah, it is me. Dennis Carter, at CD Carter 13 on X. And I'm assuming also Blue Sky. Uh, <laughs> and, and for and any microblogging platform... <laughs> Out there, anywhere where humans are microblogging, I'm there at CD Carter. 30. He's been threatening to take my family hostage if I don't sign up for Blue Sky. So, I um, can't believe you haven't done it. I actually can't either. But uh, <laughs> you know what? I also can't believe Denny. So first off, a lot of news today. We're going to get to Justin Jefferson's return after the Vikings is by Jonathan Taylor's injury, question yeah. mark, a new thing. Kyron Williams returning and being an RB1. Calvin Ridley elite again, question mark. Um, Zay Flowers, a lot of stuff this week. Um, but first, Denny, the Carolina Panthers, um, just you know, kind of a model organization, other than botching every draft pick and firing a coach every eight months. Um, yeah, having a bit of a tough week, where Frank Reich made it the fewest games into a season for a new head coach since I believe 1978. Yes. Um, so, what do you think is going on with the Carolina Panthers? This is good and bad. Is there any difference between good and bad Panthers things? What is your opinion on what's going on in Charlotte? I, well, look, I would say that. David Tepper tried the avenue where you hire a coach who wasn't a short order cook uh, and it didn't work. You know, everybody said, Hey, you got to order because, because the, their previous coach, Matt rule was a short order cook. And that's why he was hired as a coach. And, and, uh, and you said, well, you gotta, you gotta get, get a guy who's actually good at coaching. Right. And so they tried Frank Reich and, and that didn't work. But really I said this on, on, on the line online uh, that, uh, it, it, it sure feels like uh, the reports that David Tepper overruled Frank Reich and the and the rest of the staff in favoring C.J. Stroud over Bryce Young and f- kind of forcing their hand and making them pick Young as the first overall pick. It feels like that sort of locked in this scenario. I, I don't think that there was any way around that once once that choice was made. No, and Danny, what we're basically saying, we're all kind of saying, is new Daniel Snyder just dropped? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, uh, I would say a little less toxicity, but but still, but maybe. Still. I mean, we don't really know. It's well, a, we don't know, know yet. There was a yeah. story one time about him like putting brass balls on someone's desk in his that, other business. Uh, that's, uh, that's not not toxic. A male uh, underling's desk, uh, very toxic though. Uh, it doesn't can, sound like the the best. I mean, it can't finish. He just like rug pulled a stadium, a, pra- a practice stadium pro- yeah. project. Yeah. Um, 
So maybe maybe I'm I'm giving him a little too much credit. I, I, he, you know what though? At least David Tepper's great talking to the press. Can I read you a quote from from today uh, when he was asked about the future of the organization? Uh, he said, "Quote: I would like someone to be here talking about a head coach. I would like someone to be here 20, 30 years. I'd like to have someone say the eulogy at my funeral in thirty years. Relax." <laughs> and then he followed up by saying, "Okay, maybe forty. Uh, you know, so, so I was gonna say that's some rare uh, humility from like a super rich guy. I'm surprised he didn't say like eighty years. Right. I mean, we're gonna have. I th- I thought he would say we're gonna have AI David Tepper running this team in forty years. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, he he clearly wants someone for the long haul. That's not happening though. Did you see the story going viral that he bought his old boss's mansion in 2014? Oh for, my gosh. For, hold on, this is not a joke. He was no. fired or something by this man, I believe. Yeah. And bought his house for forty million dollars, and then demolished it. Um, so this is kind of who Frank Reich was dealing with, and sheds maybe a little insight into why Frank Reich, when they asked him in week six, "Are you having fun?" Huh. and he was like, "No, lol." Uh, <laughs> <He said. laughs> LMAO, no. Obviously. He said, "Does it look like it? Does yeah. it? Does it seem like anyone here is having fun?" I, I, I have to say though, I watched a little of that Panthers Titans game the other day. Uh, there, the vibes have never been worse on an NFL no. sideline. Uh, I, I'm talking about players, coaches. Nobody wants to be around no. there. Okay, no. like like they they desperately want the season to be over. They do, and they desperately need it to be. At least they have the number one overall pick, though. Am I right? Folks? <laughs> um, am I right? No, you're not right. Actually, uh, they mortgage their future yeah, for a guy right. who may or may not be NFL caliber. I'm shocked you didn't get his height in there. I thought you were going to immediately say his height. Well, look, we talk, we talk, we'll, we'll, we'll you know, pull back the curtain a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I think I've thought the whole time Bryce Young is too small. The the, the key to drafting in the NFL is really simple. It's super simple. You, <laughs> big quarterbacks and small receivers and you win super bowls it's that it's really just that as kyle devorchick put it to you in our chat this morning you get large qbs and small wide receivers that's it um so uh the houston texans took your advice denny now this the gm of the houston texans this is why he, he just we're not supposed to reveal this yet the voting leaked he's won the ap executive of the year award for what he did with the Houston Texans. Is I have. Uh, I mean, really, it, it, it is kind of, I mean, the future of the NFL is a hundred bunch of 160 pound receivers and six foot seven quarterbacks. <laughs> you know, someone's going to bring back the large wide receivers. The Chargers tried it. It did not work. Oh, that's real not, quick. No, try not. to not try to not do a bit with this one. All right. Do you think Bryce Young has a better or worse NFL future than Josh Rosen did? A better. Hard to be worse. Uh, yeah. Than that one. So right. Uh, I, I bet better by uh, by a little bit. I, I I think you know the the upside thing for Bryce Young. And it, I'm not being. This is not a bit or anything. I think that he can stick around as a backup quarterback in the league uh, for a while. Yeah. He can maybe have like a Gardner Minshew. He basically looks like he should be a Gardner Minshew type, like yeah. a spark plug off the bench, who could be a bridge quarterback, a fill in quarterback. It is. It it would be. Could look completely hilarious, I guess, in two years if we're just catastrophically wrong. I, full disclosure, liked Bryce Young heading into the draft. I was a little uneasy about him being a number one overall pick in a draft, but I thought he was a first-round quarterback. That's because I would see him, like, scramble around against Auburn and be like, hey, that's awesome, and kind of forgot there's a huge difference in 5'10 in the SEC 
and the NFC South. I, I, you know, I'm and I'm not trying to be insulting. I mean, there are lots of guys who have been picked early who have ended up just being backups, and that that happens sometimes. I think that that's what what will happen with him. I, I will say the next coach of the Panthers is the the main directive. The primary directive will be make Bryce Young work, and if they can't do that, that person will be fired as well. And the next Daniel signing is the most toxic opening since like several commanders oh. openings in a row. Like who is going to want to take this job oh, for that owner and with this quarterback, but we digress. We've been digressing for eight minutes. It's time to move on wow. to the news of the week. A very bizarre Monday night football game, a very sleepy Monday night football game where it appeared we might not get a touchdown. One team didn't get a touchdown. The Chicago bears They became the first NFL team all season to win a game in which they did not score a touchdown it was the first game since i think last week 18 when skylar thompson and maybe joe flacco squared off with the jets and skylar thompson for the dolphins it was the first uh that would have been the first game without a touchdown since then but the vikings got it but they lost any uh, looked very very bad yeah. josh dobbs just kind of these backup quarterbacks we know the returns have a way of becoming diminishing yes it took a while in the desert for josh dobbs almost two months before they moved on from him Maybe it took only two games in Minnesota, question mark. And just wondering what you think about this Vikings offense. They're on bye this week, but Justin Jefferson will finally be back in week 14. What do you think about the Vikings offense, and can Justin Jefferson still be an elite wide receiver one? I mean, just to address that, I, I, yes, I believe Jefferson can, just by sheer force of volume. I think that that, that can happen. Um, <clears throat> look, uh, Josh Dobbs uh, is really exciting. I really like watching him play. Um it's a cool story. We've talked on this show before that um, he hasn't been great as a passer. And I have some stats if I'd like, if I can share that with the class real quick. Uh, By all means. Josh Dobbs is uh, 22nd out of 29 qualifying quarterbacks in completion rate over expected. He's 29th out of 30 quarterbacks in PFF passing grade. 29th out of 34 quarterbacks in adjusted yards per attempt. And then when you compare him to Kirk Cousins, who of course was throwing passes to Justin Jefferson last time we saw him. Kirk Cousins led all quarterbacks in on-target percentage before his season-ending injury. Dobbs is 29th in that category. Uh, so, I mean, it's a it's just a massive, massive downgrade as far as passing goes for, for all of these guys, including Jefferson. And so when Jefferson comes back, is, is it game over even for TJ Hawkinson? Can Josh Dobbs support both Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson? Or will Justin Jefferson just become the primary receptacle for the short area targets? Uh, as kind of so often happens with backup quarterbacks, they just lock on to one guy, and why would it not be Justin Jefferson? Right, right. No, I, I don't think it's like necessarily Jover for Hawkinson, but Vikings are 3% over their expected dropback rate since Dobbs took over, which is pretty pretty good. They were 10% over against the Bears. So I do think just the nature of this offense and the fact that they don't really have a good running back on the roster – is going to force them to drop back a lot and, and and throw a lot of passes. I would say that really this is horrible for Jordan Addison. Uh, like I know Addison had a tough night last night, 160 some air yards, 39 real yards against the bears. Uh, really, really tough for my teams, but uh, we're going to get over eventually. Yeah. So I think, I think it's real bad for Addison, which with Jefferson's return. See, so yeah, one of the themes of the night was poor quarterback play. Josh Dobbs played a lot worse than Justin Fields, but Justin Fields was kind of a perpetual fumble machine. Yeah. One of his worst games we've seen in a while. And it's the exact kind of game. You know, the narrative is going to be correctly that this stretch run 
Like he has to convince the Bears once and for all they're going to build around him. We probably think that he's on the outside looking in of that. I mean, I just don't know how they could pass up on another number one overall pick, even though Justin Fields has flashed some interesting traits and had some really interesting games. They just don't ever win with him. Part of it is that you you could argue they're holding him back. But what do you think the odds are right now that Justin Fields is still the Bears' starting quarterback? in 2024 and this isn't a fantasy conversation i know but does do you think he is actually back as the bear starter next season i have a hard time with with believing that um i don't think justin fields has shown anything to suggest that he is like a locked in starting nfl quarterback I, i mean he'll start for somebody next year because this is such a quarterback hungry league but if the Bears have a really good, and they they are going to have a really good pick because they have the Panthers pick, right? They've got the number one pick. Let's just let's not okay. So if you, if you can pick. trade in, if I mean not trade in, but if you can move on from Justin Fields and take Caleb Williams, I'm pretty sure pretty sure you're doing that. Pretty sure or Drake May or whatever. I mean you're, you're you you gotta gotta do it. Mizzou's Brady Cook, who's uh, not even hey, he's good. He's actually pretty good, but he's he not going to be a player. He has a year uh, of eligibility left. I will say that I have a I have a weird thing with the you know Chicago quarterback curse. Part of me, Pat, just feels like it's just too cold to do. There. <laughs> it's not even the coldest market though. I mean, Green Bay it kind of disproves yeah. this. I feel like with back <laughs> all time, all the gamers. Don't get me wrong; they choke every single year in the playoffs because it's too cold. Right? I've been on that that kick. I know you've been on that kick. I don't think the Packers should build a dome, but I do genuinely believe that Lambeau is not – it's not home field advantage. It's the exact opposite in the playoffs because it levels the playing field too much. Yes. That's why the, the Packers have lost so many home games at Lambeau Field because when it's six degrees and no one can feel their body, that totally levels the playing field between good and bad teams. It basically turns it into a coin flip. Yeah. And they keep losing to bad teams. And, and people would say, well, what about Josh Allen and Buffalo? And I would argue that Josh Allen's style of play – is probably uh, less susceptible to that frigid weather that they face throughout you know, the second they, half. The even then, they almost lost to Skylar Thompson at home in the playoffs I, last year. You're right, and I'm, try- I'm trying to be generous. I'm trying to be generous, but I do feel like until the Bears build a dome, they will have no good quarterbacks. They will. It is extremely bizarre that the Bears just cannot get a good quarterback for going on seriously over half a century. Yes, right. Not We're not talking 20 years. No. We're talking about in, in living memory. I mean, Richard Nixon in 19, oh, the Bears can get a quarterback. <laughs> I mean, a hell of a team. Build a dome. Yeah, I know. And Rich, Dick Nixon just demanding a dome. You <laughs> might not think it's real. It's on the White House's website. Go look it up. I, so my, and I've, I've suggested this before. Every, every year we hear Bears brass, no matter who's in charge, okay, say, we got to get back to Bears football. They really, they, they need to swear off Bears They football. do. I, know. I think say, I heard this from you before. Yeah, they, I mean, they, you need to say, we're done. We're done with Bears football. We got to build a dome. We're never going to run the ball again. We're going to be do the analytics. It's going to be fine. They're literally moving to the suburbs and probably building a dome. So I guess they're listening. To oh, you. that'd be great. Oh, we're not. They got them playing like literally in Lake Michigan is what makes the Bears the Bears. I think it'll be awful if they do it, which they are going to do it. Yes. I mean, Justin Fields, he's just not going to be back. And I do think it kind of everyone's fault. It is, of course, his fault for not playing quite well enough. I do think I know it becomes such a lazy like narrative and like framing device. I do think he has been held back by his coaching staffs. This you got to let the man throw down the field. Some oh. like, like last night, just he literally 
the Bears won the game because they let Justin Fields throw down the field once. It was a literal tweet, like throws down the field once. And he threw down the field once and hit DJ Moore for a huge game. And then they won the game. Yeah. And so he, he has not been utilized intelligently, I would say. But he also, no matter how bad your circumstances are, if you're good, you will overcome them. The good players overcome them. Mm-hmm. And he just has not done that. And uh, I do not think yeah, he will be the bear starter. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. A 2.5 air yards per attempt last night for Justin Fields. Uh, whatever that was, that's got to go. Gotta go. It's got to go. Yes. Do you think, I think Justin Fields could probably get a second round pick. Maybe that's delusional. No, I don't think he can get a first at this point. I think he no, no, not a first, a but I, I, I think a second. I, I'm trying to, who, you know, I don't know. Scanning through here, man. It's like the Titans. Mm. Uh, That'd be interesting. Uh, you know, uh, the Titans. You <laughs> know. <laughs> 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 Uh, friggin' uh, <laughs> the Tennessee team. You're yeah, forgetting, yeah. The yeah. Producer Adam says maybe the Bucks. I mean, maybe the Commanders. Although I don't know why they would really. Take no, 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 no. They, they're Howell. they're in love with Sam Howell. They are absolutely in love with Sam. I mean, no, not the Saints. The Bucks and the Titans are the two really obvious ones right off the bat. Falcon? Maybe the Rams. He could end up somewhere crazy, like if, if like a Sean McVay could say, like I'm gonna make. Justin Fields, my special project. Yeah, I, I I trust McVeigh with that. Let's do I it. Would. Uh, so he'll be somewhere. I think he will be starting. I think he has shown enough to get like a second chance and like better circumstances, quote unquote. But the Bears, they can't. Pass. It's an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, if they could trade Justin Fields and get a, a first rounder and have oh. three first rounders, um, that that would be enough. They could trade that then for a dome. All three of those first rounders <laughs> for one dome, please. Yeah. Three first round picks for one dome <laughs> in Arlington Heights, Illinois. Uh, don't move, stay in Lake Michigan. Uh, Roshan Johnson, the Bears lead back, by the way. I mean, do we even, do we even can't talk about this? Doesn't matter. Um, no, it matters. I, uh, our, our colleague, uh, Kyle Dvorak, uh, tweeted about this, um, today. I should say, posted, posted about. The, the takeover of Roshan Johnson with, with Cleo Herbert coming back, by the way, uh, and seeming to, you know, I, I guess I assume that he would he would have the role, the locked-in starter role. But, uh, yeah, Cleo Herbert played 22% of the Bears' snaps against the Vikings. Uh, you know, they held the lead the whole time, so that really wasn't an excuse. Roshan Johnson outtouched Herbert 15-8 to with a 75% snap share. As uh, as Kyle said, it appears to be a quote full scale takeover for Johnson, and man, that that came out of nowhere. It did. Because, it really did. Because Roshan Johnson, you know, per the metrics, has been really bad. Per the eye test, too, has not been good. Deontay Foreman has been really good. I, Foreman missed last night's game. In case you missed it, so I, I guess I guess Foreman's the starter when he comes back. I've seen some of the film bros say he had some hellacious blitz pickups, so maybe that has something to do with it. Uh, but yeah, yeah. The, the metrics have been good. The eye test, like, man, this guy looks like Austin Eckler going side to side too soon. <laughs> uh, too soon. Uh, so the the next gen data, next gen stats data said that Eckler was going 13 miles per hour on that very slow run down the sideline a couple weeks ago. And uh, I kept seeing questions and honest, quite earnest questions. Is that slow? <laughs> and the answer the answer is that Tyreek Hill runs 22 miles per hour. I know. So, yes. I, got, I got me. I had that delusional thought. Like, can I run 13 miles an hour? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the answer is no. No, you can't. <laughs> no, I was like, uh, pretty sure the answer is I can't even come close. But it was it was slow enough 
that and put those kind of thoughts in your head like can i run faster than austin eckler at this point can i can i play starting can yeah, i be starting I, running back for the chargers can i be the chargers third option in the passing game um i have yeah. better hands than quentin johnston i think um Anyways, what were, what were we talking about? Oh, man. Brandon Staley uh, had a whopper with Quentin Johnston. Uh, said, uh, we don't not have confidence in him. No. <laughs> uh, man, how does this guy still have a job? But again, I, I really don't like calling for people's jobs. That That is not nice. It's just mean-spirited. But, man, how have the Chargers not shaken it up yet? It, well, This guy fails. He's the defensive-minded – the only luxury of having a defensive-minded head coach, so you're always on your back foot because you're having to cycle through offensive play callers if they're any good. So you better at least be one of like the six or seven best defensive minds in the NFL. And Brandon Staley is just certifiably not that. No. He's not doing his job. And it is crazy they haven't shaken it up and fired him yet. I guess well, that's a lost season. Adam Schefter said yesterday that there were there will be up to 10 coaching changes this season, and uh, that is definitely one of them. No. It does feel that way, and he will certainly – whether it's three or ten, he will be one of them. Whether this break is three or ten minutes, we can't tell you, but we will be right back after this. If you want more Formula One after the recent Grand Prix in Vegas, check out CNBC's special podcast series, Inside Track, The Business of Formula One, an inside look at what's fueling F1, F1's popularity and who is profiting. Hear from the biggest names in the game, the league CEOs, and the million-dollar packages rolled out for the most elite fans – you can listen by following the Squawk on the Street podcast wherever you download and subscribe. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. I know how to run a hair salon, but for small business insurance, I chose my State Farm agent. She's a small business owner, too, so she knew how to help me personalize my policies. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to an agent today. Oof, man, I was leaking oil during that promo read. <laughs> I barely made it through. <laughs> I did a test run of it even before the show, and I was excited to read it. I thought I had it, but you, you got it. it. I know I got it. Yeah, they changed my tires while my car was still moving. But I, yeah, <laughs> I don't know how they do that. Is that allowed? Um by the way, I can't pronounce it. And we had a good NBC News article from Salil Kapoor, who normally is a political reporter. He had an article on F1 that I found very interesting. Go check that out. Yeah. If you can find that. But anyways, moving back to the NFL, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Denny has a mystery thumb injury that yeah. he suffered in a 16 carry, 91 yard, two touchdown for once on Sunday. His status is up in the air. Is there maybe explain why Zach Moss popped up for like a series or two? And like, I think he had like, Seriously, all seven or eight of his carries in like two mystery series in the third quarter. And we don't know what's going on with Jonathan Taylor's health, so we don't really know what to tell you uh, other than it's bad. Yeah. And, uh, I, what would happen to Zach Moss, I guess? What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, Zach Moss, who is elite. Um, oh, stop. He's really good. Stop. Uh, he would yes, he would he be. I mean, if, 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 <laughs> if Taylor's out, then Moss is an RB1, right? <laughs> I probably, especially this week, there are six I mean, teams on by him. Look, th th these are Zach Moss's uh, starts uh, for Jonathan Taylor this season, earlier this season, right? 90% 90, 90 of the running back carries, that comes out to almost 22 per game. 90% of the running back touches, uh, 
so that includes receptions and then an eight, eight percent target share, which is not really anything to write home about, but you know, all of the, all of the green zone stuff, all the inside the 10. So I, yeah, I, I'm super excited about Moss uh, if Taylor's out. And yeah, so I guess there's no real analysis to do here. Uh, Jonathan Taylor out very bad. Uh, Jonathan Taylor out very good for Zach Moss, a total, you would have to empty the clip if he was thrown back to the waiver wire, oh, do whatever man. you could to get him. He's probably still rostered and maybe north of 50% of leagues, but the leagues where he's not, someone got impatient or whatever Yeah, to move heaven and earth to get him basically. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, if you don't mind, I'm just going to check on his roster percentage real quick. Uh, yeah. Wow. You're right. You're exactly right. 50%. Okay. Wow. Yeah, on Yahoo, so, 50%. So yeah, if he's out there, folks, you got to get him. You really do. You have to get him because Denny's not exaggerating. He will be an RB1. Yeah, he was an RB1 yeah. when Jonathan Taylor was not playing. It's pretty simple. Also, the Colts are like wildly run heavy of late. Yes, they are. Understandably so. They yeah, they're trying to make an end around on a playoff appearance, and Gardner Minshew has a way of uh, kind of throwing oh, yeah. those away. He, Minshew is this man. How could you not love him? He really does deserve to be a folk hero. Yeah, it's fun. he knows I'm just out here doing my job. Like he knows he's not supposed to cost him the game, but in his head, he's like, "What if I cost us things?" <laughs> Like, what if I drew this ball yeah. over that mountain? Right. And, and the, uh, Marcus Peters, Peters just picked it off. He was claimed off waivers and immediately intercepted me. Right. Has a throw has a throw into triple coverage ever worked for me? No, but it might work this time. <laughs> yes, but it might work for me. And you just said it never works for you. <laughs> if I throw it extra hard. Yeah. Like yeah, I know. He, he is a real-life Uncle Rico. Zoomer's. No clue what we're talking about, but no, uh, Google, they actually probably do know memes. Culture has just been flattened. There's been like five movies breakthrough in the past 20 years. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> remains one of them. Yeah, that's, so this, about, that's about it. There, there have been five movies made basically. In do you remember when there used to be famous? I'm not the first person to make this observation. Remember when there used to be famous movie quotes? Oh my gosh, yeah. There used to be famous movie quotes. People won't know what I'm talking about, but no, there no, used there, to be famous movie quotes. There used to there used to be movie stars. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. That? I do remember and, that. It's and quite and sad. not not just people doing Visa commercials and uh, oh, and, and and Netflix uh, series. Denny would crawl over the corpses of a million fantasy analysts to have a Visa commercial. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would. I would, I would yeah, absolutely. Then he would crawl through broken glass to get one Capital One commercial. If you, if you, yeah, I mean, I'm, and if you want to test that theory, you can come put broken glass in my office. <laughs> I, will, I will walk across it like Bruce Willis in uh, Die Hard. Now there are famous gifts now, or uh, there there are famous gifts. Like there's no longer quotes. There's just famous moving images now. <laughs> like oh yeah, Steve Carell moved his head weird. That's the most famous movie quote of the past twenty years. The Steve Carell moving his head weird on a TV show. That's the most famous movie I've heard of the past 20 years. Uh, Ryan Gosling pulling down his sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, here's looking at you, kid, and then Ryan Gosling gifting. Uh, and by the way, I think the last famous movie quote, in my opinion, is from the the kind of sort of forgotten Captain Phillips, but I'm the captain now. Is that's, I think that's the last famous Maybe. movie quote. I, I was going to say it was from uh, Anchorman. That was 2004. I mean, that's was it? that's Jeez. getting that's getting. I mean, Oof. Captain Phillips is not 10 years old too, but I'm the captain now. That's the last famous movie. Go. Uh, we digress. Yeah, <laughs> we digress bigly. We're moving on to Kyron Williams, who apps. I wish I loved anything as much 
because Kyron <laughs> Williams loves facing the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> I, I really, really wish that I did because when Kyron Williams faces the Arizona Cardinals, he immediately rushes for 150 yards and catches six passes for 61 yards. So yeah, 158 yards rushing in week six against Arizona before he went on IR. He comes off IR in week 12 and has 204 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns against the Cardinals. So two totally explosive performances against the same bad defense. Royce Freeman did remain pretty involved as a backup, 16 or 17 carries. It was a blowout, so that could have been his closeout time, a garbage time type touches. We, the point is we don't quite know what we're getting with Kyron Williams since we've only fa- seen him face the same bad defense. He was performing well before that, of course. But it's two like big games. Mm-hmm. Both came against the Cardinals. He faces the elite Browns defense this week. We don't know if Miles Garrett is going to play. It sounds like he probably is going to play. Is it fair, though, to call Kyron Williams an RB1 after back-to-back this completely dynamite performances against Arizona? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I think this Rams team really, really wants to be run first, uh, which what we've been kind of calling for uh, in, on this show for a while. They're 5% under their expected dropback rate over the past month. That includes the weird game without Stafford, so take that for what it's worth. But you know, even against the the, the Cardinals, they were uh, they well they were one percent over that rate. So I, I but I do think Kyron Williams is you know locked into this to this almost every down sort of role. Um, I think it's real bad for Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup that Jeez. Kyron Williams is such a focal point, the focal point really. Uh, of the of this offense right now i mean you can't have everything right like you can have a lot of Kyron, or you can have a lot of puka slash cup but you can't jam everything all those guys together and say oh everybody's gonna have a big fantasy not not in this offense right so uh so that is something to consider if you have cup or nakua in your uh you know on, on your teams but yeah Kyron's locked in and this week it's not like the browns have a pushover run defense we know they have a totally elite pass defense. Yeah, Stand, stands the reason the ground with or without Miles Garrett will be the focus so, of the Rams. Right, and 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 if folks read the funnel defense report uh, on on Fridays, you will know that the Browns are mentioned almost every week as the most extreme reliable run funnel defense there is. Everybody establishes it against the Browns because they're terrified of passing it. And 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 here's another thing, Pat. They are. It's a. It's a solid run defense. It's not elite. They actually lead the NFL by a by a good margin in the rate of missed tackles against running backs. So they they struggle in in that department. They're they're not. I I I just feel like a guy like Kyron can definitely get there against Cleveland. He can. And it might be a fluke. They're really not that bad from an efficiency perspective. They allow four point one yards per carry, which we know is not a perfect stat, but. They're not giving up a ton of explosive runs. They give up a lot of rushing touchdowns, which again could be a fluke. But it's yeah. it's yeah, they're going to have a run focus. The Rams are, especially because they do not want Matthew Stafford fumbling this game away against the Browns. Right, and and, and the Rams are in somehow they're in the playoff picture. Um, and you have to you have to consider that. I I I don't understand it, but it's true. No, all the in the hunt graphics are down so bad. Like if you see, like if you watch halftime of Sunday Night Football and NBC, or you watch some ESPN yeah. after the game, the in the hunt. I'm like, wow, the 2008 Lions are still in the hunt <laughs> for a playoff spot in the NFC. That seems right. Um, right. The the pan the Panthers, if they win out, are in. 
<laughs> the Panthers still people aren't talking about the Panthers control their own destiny. Yeah, why they fire media, Frank Reich? Media is silent on this. For they some are reason. silent on that. They they go seven and ten. They're the number two seed in the <laughs> NFC if the Panthers win out. You go seven seven and ten. They'd be the second best division winner. The Cowboys would get really screwed there. Yeah, they would have the second best record, but. Panthers seven and ten. They're the number two seed. In the they, they they still have a four percent chance of being the number one overall seed. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> of having home field uh, through the the conference title games. Yeah, people aren't talking about this, but yeah, maybe we didn't need seven playoff teams. <laughs> maybe we maybe not. Uh, speaking of the playoffs, uh, MVPs are you know, people. This is the worst. I couldn't think of an actual segue. <laughs> Uh, no, just don't worry about it. Don't worry. About them. The segues late in the season have been getting really ragged. Like speaking of uh, Seinfeld, then he what? Speaking <laughs> of football, this yeah, next speaking thing. Speaking of football, yeah. No, speaking of football, am I right? I just thought I don't know why it's the year of the wide open MVP race. The MVP race has been getting weirder the past two or three seasons as the passing revolution ends. And like the overall scoring and production yeah. comes down. A lot of years, it's just abundantly clear who should be the MVP. A lot through like the glory years, even of like Peyton and Brady, even when they were like all going toe to toe for records, it was usually clear like, well, Tom Brady's the MVP this year. Yeah. Right. Peyton Manning's the MVP this year. It was kind of that way with Patrick Mahomes last year. It is not that way this year. And I just wondering who you think, like ignoring like the betting odds, mm-hmm. ignoring like who the narratives. Who do you think is the MVP of the NFL right now? Uh, Dak Prescott. And I almost went there. I got, I got, you know, the the, the pushback on on Dak is always ferocious. Um, I guess because he's like a Romo type, where you, it's the, you know, it's in the eye of the beholder, right? With uh, with whoever is the Cowboys quarterback. Dak, the, Dak Prescott. the Cowboys quarterback is the id of America. You yes, see, that's right. Uh, that's exactly right. To see coming sorry excuse me coming out of the bye week in october the cowboys made a very conscious decision to put the offense on Dak prescott and say we are through with this balanced nonsense okay like our running backs are not doing all that much okay the guy on the cover of the roto world magazine whatever is not doing that, that, bring, right. that up, bring that up every opportunity you can <laughs> but but uh, but you know so we're gonna put it on you and and so the Cowboys have been super super pass heavy the pass heaviest team in the NFL since since that point and they have blown the doors off our producer Adam says seventeen touchdowns to two interceptions for Dak Prescott since the bye week that that's uh, five games his his a dot is through the roof very aggressive downfield throwing and he's been so good at it now that th- this also involves cd lamb being the focal point of the offense so i don't want to take anything away from him but i really think if you're going to give the mvp to a cowboy i think it has to be prescott i am going to go chalk and the, per adam our producer the betting favorite is jalen hurts i just do think it should be jalen hurts and some people probably are annoyed like defaulting to the best player on the best team first of all it's not a bad tiebreaker and no, like this uh, with jalen but i just think you can make Jalen Hurts' real-life fantasy argument – or, excuse me, real-life MVP argument through a fantasy lens because you see, honestly, in fantasy football just how unstoppable and how irreplaceable Jalen Hurts is because the days where he's not passing well, it's like, whatever, we'll have our quarterback convert every third and fourth yes. and short. Yes. We'll have him handle every goal line carry. It will never fail. 
Um, when we do need a big throw, he will almost always make it. And like, well, they three games in a row now. They've beaten the Cowboys, the Chiefs, and the Bills. He's made like game-winning plays in essentially all of those games. He does commit a fair amount of turnovers, not at all like a league-leading amount of turnovers, but it's not like he's like Mister No Turnover. But I just feel like in any kind of game script, any kind of offensive environment. He is making the winning plays for the Eagles the second year in a row he's doing it. Yeah. He's so unstoppable on those the most important plays. I mean, how often is a game decided by a third and one or a fourth and one or a goal line? And he just converts all of them. That I really do think it's kind of like a coronation type award for him, like a valedictory type award for the past two years. But I don't think it's a faulty narrative. There's still a lot of season to go, but I do think Jalen Hurts deserves to be the MVP of the NFL this season so far. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to push back too hard on, on that. Um, the the tush push becoming the most unstoppable play in all of organized sports <laughs> is, is really something. I it mean, it, it, I, I, I feel like as football fans, we maybe take it for granted. But when a team can essentially guarantee that it can convert every single third and fourth and, and one. It's great. We've honestly never seen anything quite like it. And, I mean, that... You talk about an edge, and and these teams they want the smallest edges. That's a huge edge, okay? They well, on 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 third and third and one or third and two, whatever, right? It you don't care if if you if you go deep and you miss it, you you're gonna just convert fourth down. Like nobody nobody else has that luxury, uh, despite teams trying to do it. I will say that I know folks are probably upset we didn't talk about Brock Purdy, and I'm not gonna talk about Brock Purdy as an MVP candidate, but I will tell you this. I, I'm going to only tell you what the data says. Okay. And the data is very kind to Mr. Purdy. Um, what a sec- second in the league in completion rate over expected tops in the league and success rate tops in the league in EPA per drop back. Whether, you know, is that all pass catchers? Is that the system? Could Eric, could Nick Mullins also be in, in, in doing this? I don't know. He um, we've seen Nick Mullins in the system. But, he could not. But wow, I mean, we you know Jimmy Garoppolo always had these horrifying, horrifyingly good metrics, where you're just like, okay, we just got to. Th- we it, it made me it made me want to become a tape grinder. Jimmy G succeeding <laughs> in San Francisco. Well, this is this is way way worse. You know, Brock Purdy just being dominant by every measure as the quarterback of the Niners. I, I agree with. I think if anyone's to make like a dark horse run at the MVP. The two obvious candidates are Brock Purdy and Tua. Tua is, it's weird. Tua has become a little frustrating in fantasy because the Dolphins have just become too good. Yeah. And the (laughs) schedule has been a little too soft. And so many games I'm like, all right, we're getting the Tua explosion today. And it's two touchdowns, 252 yards. Like, wow. Uh, Congrats, man. Thanks. Yeah. What a quote. I know you quote 136 to 17. I don't care about that. (laughs) <laughs> and we need four four tutters. Um because dolphins yeah, yeah, dolphins are actually three percent under their expected drop back <sighs> rate over the past month. I mean they're 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 establishing it very hard. And they're getting Devin H in back maybe this week. Not good for my quote two of bags. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> but I think I think you used that right. Did I? No. I think you're left holding the bag. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. Sure. I'm gonna be left holding the two bag. I, I'm not. Start. I'm not clear when someone is in their bag. This yeah, that's yeah. Just move on. Just edit. We'll, we'll edit that out. There's no way anyone will hear that. It, 
Is that, I mean, no, I'm saying, I don't know. The bag discourse is confusing to me. It's a little confusing. Holding the bag is very bad. You don't want to get left holding. I don't want to, I don't want to, you don't want to be holding. No. You want to be uh, giving, receiving. No, you don't, yeah, whatever. You, you want to be in it. You yeah. want to be in, in or around the bag, but not holding it. To our Brock. Brock, uh, the thing with Brock, though, if anyone, if there's any sort of Brock MVP discourse with people like, well, it should just be Christian McCaffrey. That's going to be Brock's fatal flaw. He won't actually get into the MVP considerate. Because right. if anyone's like, if we're going to do a 49er, it can't be Brock Purdy. Yeah, right. Christian well, McCaffrey. yeah. So Brock, uh, wait, are you saying, uh, who, did you ask me Tua or Brock? No, I don't know. I, I don't know what I said. No. Well, because I'm going Brock. You're going, uh, I think Tua has more likely odds than Brock, actually. Because Brock will get screwed by the CMC narrative. I just realized. The Niners, the, you called them a Death Star, and boy... <laughs> Until someone, until one player misses a game, they are a Death Star. I will finally forever remember those three games where they weren't totally unstoppable. Yeah, right. And they, I mean, but you know, it, it's a sensitive operation. You know, it is one, like like the backup left guard misses a game and it all falls apart. I don't know. It is that is one problem for Brock Purdy is that he's kind of like the, he's the Devin Achan of quarterbacks. He needs everything to be perfect, and it's been perfect for a shockingly long time for San Francisco. Re- Producer Adam was running about. Uh, where do, do C.J. Stroud, Tank Dell, and Nico Collins rank in terms of quarterback-wide receiver combinations in the league right now? Because they're both kind of in the top twenty. By the way, C.J. Stroud can make a dark horse. Yeah, run. yeah. You can't call them the best because he's still behind the Eagles for sure. I think he's still behind even the Dolphins. We're talking about like a quarterback and two receivers. Even with Jalen Waddle kind of struggling this year, you take that Dolphins trio, you take that Eagles trio, but. You don't take the Rams trio anymore because Matthew Stafford is he's quote done. Uh, that's his word. He's I'm done. Yeah, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah, wow. he did. Uh, yeah, no, no, the Roto World won't report it. Roto World, we didn't post a blurb on it. So I don't know why. <laughs> uh, thought we should have. I've been We're kidding. Yelling, We're kidding. And yelling at Kyle about that. But uh, they're becoming an, an elite. Yeah. Um, they are trio I, in this league, Denny. I, I mean, yeah, I would say top. I don't know, top five for sure, uh, as far as trios go. It, it kind of interesting. I, I was looking looking into the the numbers uh, lately on on Nico Collins and Tank Dell. And is Nico uh, Collins good? Can you tell yeah, me? So, look, I, I don't know. I, I you know I don't watch the games. His dot on the screen is good. Um, he, so here's the thing: they they've combined Collins and Dell have combined for a fifty one percent. Uh, target share and a 67% air yard share over the past two games. So, so Nico Collins came back two games ago. They've absolutely dominated combined since then with Noah Brown sidelined. Uh, they on the season uh, tank Dell and Nico Collins have the same end zone targets, the five and uh, the same target per route run, which is 26%. Uh, Nico Collins has a, has an edge in first read target rate for what it's worth. He's led in targets the last two weeks. I, I I do think we might be selling short Nico Collins a little bit. That does feel – he had such a strange start to his career uh, where he just really didn't do anything until C.J. Stroud got to town. He had some injury issues. And he did. Everyone is more excited about Tank, so it kind of costs you to overlook Nico. Well, he, he, he's, he's a more exciting too. player. He's a more exciting – you know, he's he's more dynamic. Like, he's super fast. He's just – he creates all this crazy separation. His name is Tank, for God's sake. Yes. You know? Uh, so that that you know, his name. If his name was Andrew, we wouldn't be talking. That's about true. Him. Andrew Dell would not sound the same. No, we'd be like that. The guy, you know, Nico Collins sidekick, Andrew Dell. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I don't trust but, this guy. But Nico, uh, yeah, I mean, 
uh nico is is super solid and i learned i learned the hard way that in dfs he's about half his roster is tanked out (laughs) (laughs) no oh well yeah i guess that's not surprising whatsoever you by the way you you've announced that you've been eating the chalk this year oh i've been gobbling up the chalk guys (laughs) they nothing tastes better than some (laughs) dfs chalk listen it's chalk for a reason it's chalk for a reason because those guys are basically guaranteed to score you a bunch of points and you know what? I feel fine. If I have a 25% rostered dude who scores me 29 PPR points, I'm good with that. I don't I don't care that he was highly rostered. I'm fine. And the chalk has tasted a lot better since there are only five good offenses in the NFL. That's true. Like six or seven years ago, there were like 18 good offenses. Yeah. So going quote contrarian actually worked. I I mean I'm I seriously, I'm I'm eighty uh, percent of my diet is chalk at this point. <laughs> wow. So yeah. uh very interesting. It sounds like you should get a drink of water. Losing, I'm losing weight. I will you say. are. <laughs> well, I guess that's good. Uh, we'll be right back after this. It's a career first for Patrick Mahomes on Sunday Night Football. The reigning MVP will travel to Lambeau Field for the first time when he takes on Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on NBC and Peacock. And don't forget, find all your favorite NBC Sports shows and Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com/slash NBC Sports. Home isn't just a place. It's a state of mind, like curling up in a comfy chair while it's cold outside, with a warm drink, or maybe even a wine in hand. As you watch the world go by outside your window. Mmm, short rib. Good afternoon, this is your captain speaking. Which is why at Delta, our people do our best to make you feel at home. Refill? Long before you get there. Delta, keep climbing. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Denny, Calvin Ridley, elite again, question mark. This is what the folks Um, are dying to know. What I am dying to know, because I'm heavily invested mm -hmm. in Calvin Ridley remaining elite and Heavily invested in all the narratives. He's running and breaking routes now. Zay Jones makes him good somehow. I just still don't know if the data really bears that out or if it's just a yeah. uh, what causation. What's the, what's the phrase? Uh, correlation. Yeah. Correlation is not equal. Causation is not equal correlation or something like that. Um, well, I, I, I know it is kind of a joke that like, oh, Zay Jones being back is good. It makes Calvin Ridley elite. But hey, you know, it actually does coincide uh, the, the, the fact that Zay Jones has been back and Calvin Ridley has been way better. You know, we talked about him not just running, you know, straight go routes on the sideline. That's good. His, his average depth, depth of target has remained insanely high. It was 14 in week 11, and it was almost 18 in week 12. Um, he's seeing a lot less press coverage since Zay Jones is back. Again, look, you can watch that film and tell me why. I don't know. Um, his also, also his targets per route run. Uh, has has increased pretty significantly, 24% over those past two games. Uh, it was only 20% before that. Uh, you know, uh, maybe the team is making a concerted effort to, I don't know, get the ball to their best pass catcher. Yeah, man, I was sweating bullets when he had zero catches at halftime, yeah, including right. dropping a 30-yard touchdown. But uh, he is, like, like, popping off the screen, too, in terms of like EPA, I think, and almost all the yeah. advanced metrics yeah. uh, feed Cal Ridley, as I call him, feed they, Cal. It, listen, expected points wise, he's off the chart. 
He okay. is. And he, it's getting some actual points now. Yeah, right. It, it, expected points. Some They are converting now to points that you can actually eat and feed your family with. That's true. Something to pair with the chalk. <laughs> um, <laughs> actual points. Good. It's very good. That's a full, well-rounded, hearty meal. I'm assuming Zay Flowers pops and all the expected metrics. And he popped in the actual fantasy points metric metrics on Sunday evening. Part of that was for a 37-yard touchdown where he should not have even scored. He should have gone down at the one-yard line and ended the game. But he scored, and everyone was very happy about the receiving touchdown. Everyone very happy about Zay Flowers. I I could move beyond, oh, yeah, he had 25 yards against the Chargers, which is called one drive for every other elite (laughs) wide receiver than faces the Chargers. And just, you know, I've been grading the Ravens super harshly all year. (laughs) But uh, Yeah, you have. Is this an arrival for Zay Flowers? Or were people getting too excited over one? I, I, I think Zay Flowers' prospects are definitely boosted by Mark Andrews' absence, if that's if that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, I mean, against the Chargers, you know, he he had five catches on seven targets. He was targeted on only twenty one percent of his of his routes. He he's basically Zay Flowers is never the first read. He's never no. like the first plan, and never uh, down the field ever for, for the Ravens. Uh, you know who is like basically always the first pain is Odell Beckham. Yeah, I know they love that guy. Okay, like they like he was limited with the shoulder, I think, and maybe some other issues uh, during during that game against the Chargers. But uh, he was targeted on forty two percent of his pass routes against LA, which is wow. just absurd. Again, three catches for thirty four yards. What you know, it's it was not not the not the best. But you know, you look at his his first read target rate almost thirty percent, like. When he's healthy, I think that he's the wide receiver one in this offense. It had been trending that way until he banged a shoulder at the very end of that Thursday night game. But he, after 10 days, he played through it against the Chargers. Now he has two weeks to heal up because they're going on their bye. And I, I do think when he comes back, he's going to be the clear Ravens wide receiver. I can't say I fully understand it. He was looking very springy in that Thursday night game against the Bengals, I must say. Uh, um, the best he had looked since getting injured. Probably the best he had looked since the Super Bowl. Who is the Bengals guy who had that dirty hit on Andrews? Um, um, what's his name? Logan Wilson? Logan, Yeah, Logan Wilson. So Logan Wilson, almost, who's almost three for three in that game, he took out Andrews intentionally. He tried to take out Lamar Jackson on the sideline, and he tried to take out Odell Beckham on that on that long catch catch and run like that that guy he was on a roll that he was on a roll um yeah he'll be getting a letter a strongly worded letter from roger goodell via certified mail um they won't zoom him for some reason <laughs> i don't know why but uh yeah that was a very crazy game but uh, zay flowers man th- seriously it's never down the field uh, even more than the first read stuff it's never down the field like they saw his boston college film where he's in like one of the worst offenses in all of america where they had no quarterback play, so they had to manufacture touches. I'm like, well, I guess that's what we got to do. Yeah, and this is all they do. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, just I, I wanted more. Yeah, th- uh, Zay Flowers, 30, 37 air yards on seven targets against the Chargers. Like, so that just kind of confirms what you're saying. Man, the, the usage could change and should change. They now have a bye week to think about it too, so maybe that could work in Zay Flowers' favor. But yeah, I will. I will feel like we should probably pump the brakes a little bit on the like, Zay Flowers takeover for the Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't a takeover, no. No. Uh, was it a takeover for Rasheed Rice? Had his first 100-yard game, career-high eight catches. He scored a touchdown, which he does almost every other week. Had some really bad drops, of course, which he does almost every game. 
The score is a 39-yard yards after catch special. The Chiefs really, really need someone to step up and be the number one receiver. Uh, but so do you think that was like kind of the next step for Rasheed Rice, or do you think it was just a one-off? Uh, well, I mean, I think you have to consider that, you know, they, they were missing some key pass catchers. Um, key. Well, they were missing pass catchers. Uh, yes. Kadarius Tony and uh, Jarek McKinnon. Um, uh, that helps. That definitely helps uh, his cause. His route rate was up, but not, it wasn't like, you know, you know, it wasn't in like the 80 or 90% range. Um, he was targeted on 42% of his routes, which was re- his, his season high by far by, by a huge margin that led to the 10 targets, uh, you know, from a, from a film standpoint. And that's what I'll give you on this show. From, <laughs> I, I, I actually heard Dan Orlovsky say on the ESPN that, uh, they, they, they were doing something different with Rasheed Rice, which is they were having him, they were making sure that he was catching the ball on the run uh, against the Raiders. That is not something they had been doing uh, previously. And he really responded with, with a lot of really great catch and and runs after the catch. So I I do, I do think that that sort of change could be positive for him, but again, he's really still not out there a lot. You heard Dan Olafsky say that, by the way, after he said, I don't do chicken and he just (laughs) unleashes a food, food take and the whole desk is like, what? You don't do chicken. What does that mean, man? Listen, if if Dan can tell me why Rasheed Rice did did well for one game, I, I'm going to listen to Dan. I think his food takes are almost on par with yours. Actually, I feel like it's been a while. People have hashtag forgotten how truly awful your food takes are. Uh, well, recently, I on my Friday stream on the NFL and NBC YouTube, YouTube channel, I I talked about green bean casserole as the best Thanksgiving. What? Stop. Dish. That's just, there's no way that's not a bit. That's not there's no, no way that's not a bit. Okay, listen to me. I, I ate two platefuls of green bean casserole. <laughs> didn't need to hear that. You didn't need to say that on the podcast. You just say that off air. I, I mean, I wasn't kidding about the casserole thing. I ate two plates of that. <laughs> then I vomited to my trash can. <laughs> I can't do that on the air, though. Um, but yeah, you and Dan have similar food takes. Dan has he's blazed the trail for awful food takes that you were following in. Listen, Dan, we need to get together. Me and you Dan, do, you guys go. really do need to get together. And we, and we need to talk about which food is best. Well, you don't do cheese, which is just like uh, oh, cheese. Oh, <laughs> cheese is all the same. <laughs> it's just decidedly not. I mean, we have to pretend. Oh, this cheese tastes different than that one. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Uh, real quick, do we need to pretend Jalen Hyatt is good? I do think he's good. Um, he had a season-high six targets, first 100-yard games. Tommy DeVito, though, now they're on bye. Uh, does it count this time for Jalen Hyatt, or is there just no reason to get invested in this down the stretch? I, I, I'm I, kind of excited because it looks like the Giants are doing the thing that we talked about, where they're like, hey, we should probably get the ball to our best players. Turns out anyone other than Daniel Jones can throw down the field too. And, and, and well, but the good thing is with high, it wasn't only down the field. It was the, in some, some intermediate targets too. So, so like they were like, we should get the guy, the ball to the guy who's the fastest guy on the team. And uh, that worked out. And so I do, I do think we, I think we're onto something there with, with Hyatt. 
I just thought, what, what's going on with Darren Waller? Is he out for the year? Or is he coming back? Oh, I, I am. I have not thought about Darren Waller. <laughs> no one has mentioned Darren Waller since like October twentieth. I, I wonder what's going on there. I totally forgot about Darren. I, I actually am not sure we can look into that though. No, I'm looking up right now what our most recent blurb is. Yeah, uh, a giant send Darren Waller to IR. That was on November fourth. We've had no, we need to get some. We, someone needs to look into this very shortly. <laughs> uh, what is going if on? Only, if only one of us could do something about all this. Of us have the power. Twenty four days. <laughs> oh well. Four days. We need to look into that. We need to look into ending the show. We had a lot of digressions. There, a lot of laughs. Though. Oh, a lot of, this is a great show. A lot of love. Yeah. Just <laughs> how you reacted to that. Uh, you know, thank you so much for spending some time with us this Tuesday afternoon. Seriously, could not do it without you. We hope you're back on Thursday when Denny, Kyle, and I break down the entire Week 13 slate. We hope you check out the regression files live on the site Wednesday. My rankings live on the site Thursday. Uh, Denny's chat on Friday. This funnel article on Friday. I'll be heading over to Reddit on Thursday, by the way. Oh, nice. Yeah. Having a Q&A. So check that out. Look for that. Um, so for Denny Carter, I'm Patrick Darty. Thank you for listening. We'll be back in two days' time.